30 bottles of beer on the wall. 30 bottles of beer. You take one down, you pass it around. It's another episode of Beer 30, y'all. Hello and welcome to all the Dirty Harry's out there. It is episode 84 of Beer 30 and it is the first episode of October Beer 30 for the year. I'm your host, Luke McDermott. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Grill. Drew, we're back to being remote. Woo! Remote so Drew can drink. And he's if you have listened to uh, our other show now, Six Pack Sports, you know that I'm also ripping darts the whole time. So that's cool. It's lit. All right. <laughs> Happy hour to start us off. Creepy. Crack not in crack the... Oh, we got to crack them. That's right. I already cracked because I was excited. And like you said, it's October now. Uh, what is today? The third. Today is October the third. Yeah. And me and my girlfriend are currently making two soups. So falls in the air, baby. It is. <laughs> Let's get creepy. All right. Creepy, but not in the Halloween kind of way. When I went on vacation, we saw a dude just straight up jerking off on his balcony and also recording it like nice it was wild so we were at this resort and then we just like went to a place to eat lunch and in this place you could see up at people people's like balconies and shit and the dude was straight up just fondling himself jerking it right on the balcony for like everybody to see it was (laughs) wild i had to i looked just to be like oh yeah that's happening Mm -hmm. and then stopped looking but somebody i was with watched the whole time and oh yeah i'm not really sure why but you know they did so that, that would have been me i would I'd be like i can't take my eyes off this guy this is crazy <laughs> it's like a nuts. car crash <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> i'm so grossed out but i can't look away <laughs> think that's weird that's like like how many floors up would you say Oh, he was on like the ground floor, maybe maybe one floor up, and the, the oh, bottom Jesus. floor was like sunken in. Yeah, he was like definitely Damn. putting. On, he definitely was recording it though, because he had like a tripod with his iPhone on it, like pointed back at him. So <laughs> I have to assume this was like an OnlyFans sort of situation. Yeah, the man's working. Yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> I'm all for the grind. But I just gotta say, that's real public, bro. Like. You could go like, inside. The room is probably really nice. Like you could even like being... sit back in the yeah. door. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dude, All that's right. crazy. When you said that, I pictured he'd be like, like twenty floors up. You're just like, oh shit, that guy's jerking nope. off up there. But no, he's just, just for yeah. everybody to see. Like cars. He was like, uh, there was like a road that went in front of where he was doing it too. That was like. Purely visible from the road, like you could just straight up, like there's no <laughs> chance that you could. The drivers could not see what was happening. Dude, that's it so funny. Was fucking wild. <laughs> that's ugh. Ugh, people are gross. <laughs> All right, anything for happy hour from you? No, as I said on uh, Six Pack Sports, that my app. I just told you before we recorded, my app froze, and all my happy hours are just gone, and I can't remember a single one of them. Well, I do remember one, but it doesn't really have anything to do with October, so I'd, whatever. Skip it. Not worth it yet. All right. Today, I will be going over the Doddleston mystery. Now, and this I'm is bringing, more paranormal. Ooh, sorry. I thought we were just no. going to say both. No, I, was I gonna say, And I'm bringing the Van Meter visitor to the oh, table. Oh, shit. Is this an Iowa-specific thing? Yes, it is. 
Oh, I, I can't love believe that. I've never heard of it, and we'll yeah. get to it. But you and I missed the Van Meter Visitor Festival, and it was like literally a week ago. Damn, and I didn't start looking into this until like Monday last week or some. Yeah, I started looking into it sometime last week. I'd never heard of it, and I saw that they had a festival, and it was like September twenty seventh, and I was like, dude, Luke and I would have loved to go to that. That'd be awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah, we got to find shit like that to do. Oh, for sure. And then see if we can go record while we're there. Car ride. Like a mobile recording setup somehow. Yeah. But also, band meter is like half an hour, 45 minutes away, top. So we could just just record. Drive back. Yeah. All right. The Doddleson mystery. Now, this is more paranormal than it is. Like, it's not like uber creepy. It's just weird. And when I get through it, some of it just sounds like straight up like a hoax. What I will say is they have not been able to debunk uh, basically any of it, except for like a little bit. And and I'll get into it later, but that's why I found it so crazy, because like I was listening to it, I was like, this just sounds like it's, like, there's certain parts in there that are just like, that's not, there's no way. And then you get to the end, I was watching a YouTube video on it, hashtag I, I started watching uh the Y files which is like uh just a youtube that, that goes over like weird conspiracies and stuff like that and i love it there's just so much crazy shit on there and he goes through like the debunkings and stuff like that and with this one there was like one thing that he mentioned that would make like put it into question that people could like, be like okay it's not real but okay hell yeah I i'm will, in i was gonna look it up when you said what you were doing but i was like no nah, i want to I just want to hear the story. I want to get oh, it all yeah. fresh. All right. So the story starts in December 1984, and it's Ken Webster, a high school literature or a high school teacher uh, that is living with his friend Nick and his girlfriend Debbie. They live in Doddleston, which is near the border of England and Wales. So it all starts with this weird, like some weird paranormal stuff. Uh, it starts with Ken noticing six-toed footprints, like small six-toed footprints walking up the walls. And he thought nothing of it. He thinks it's a weird house, so he paints over it. And then the next day, they're back. Just no no explanation. What the fuck? Then they would see cans and boxes and random items stacked around the houses in, like, the corners and just, like, fucking weird shit happening. And they're like, okay somebody's playing a prank on us that's what's happening like people are fucking with us and that's it so they kind of wrote it off until nobody came forward admitting that they were fucking with them yeah the whole point of playing a prank is that in the end somebody knows it's you so like yep yep so then one night after being out they came home to their computer that at this time was not connected to any network and it will never be connected to any network because networks don't exist for another two to five years, I believe. And that's under strict, like the DARPA net was created in like 86, 92, somewhere in that range. And that was strictly military internet capabilities. So this is like before the internet was even thought of or created. There's no, like, it's not plugged into any network. And that's the only way it could have been connected to any network. They come home. And they found a weird message that was addressed to them by name. Not thinking much of it, they just straight up did nothing about it. What the fuck? How do you, (laughs) how are you not thinking about these things? Six-toed footprints and then weird messages on your like, what the fuck? How do you not 
I think they just thought it was a prank again because they were out, and then I assume they're like not. They don't have like a crazy like security system, so they're just not doing anything. Do you know how many then, people like live in this town? Is it a small yeah, town? It's a small town, so people live here, but it's not like. It's definitely one of those things where I guess they'd be like, "Oh, we probably have friends around here, so it's not. We, it wouldn't be like unheard of for them to just fuck with us." Yeah, it's just Josh down the street coming over while we're gone and just fucking with us. And his weird yep. six-toed baby that he's putting <laughs> ink on its feet and walking up the walls like it's Spider-Pig in fucking The Simpsons. Josh and the six-toed baby. <laughs> so, two months after the first message, they found a new file saved on the computer. Now this is what the file read. What strange words thou speak. Although I must confess, I have been ill-schooled. Thou artly... Oh, my God. This is so hard. It's old English, so it's really hard to read. <laughs> Thou art goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. It's a fitting place with lights which devil maketh and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Gray can afford or the king himself. T'was a great crime to hath bribed mine house. L.W. Ken was not sure what to do after that. This dude is talking about, like, straight up, like, you're a goodly man with a fanciful woman in my in my house. Even though I'm not, like, and then he mentions somebody by name, Edmund Gray, and then the king. And he's like, it's a great crime to hath bribed mine house. So Ken's like, I don't know what the fuck to do about this. Holy so shit. Prints, yeah. Crazy, right? If like I that's... got that message, I'd be like, okay, we're locking our doors. We're getting dead bolts. Like, I don't fucking care what's going on. I don't care if it's a prank. It's done now. I would never turn that computer on again. There's clearly a ghost in that computer. Yep. So Ken wasn't really sure what to do, so he printed the message out and took it to a literature teacher, literature teacher, Peter Trinder, to get it examined. So when he where he went where he worked, he took it to somebody mm-hmm. there that he was friend with. Trinder said it looked like old English, and they thought and figured out that devil lights was most likely referring to the computer. Then he asked Ken to let him know if any more messages came through so he could try to figure out when and where the messages were coming from. So, after a few more days but no messages, Ken decided to try something, figuring if he could receive messages, maybe he could send one too. Ken at this point still thinks it's a hoax, but's intrigued, so he's playing along. He sat down and wrote a bunch of questions in it and in a file and then saved them. He's asking things like, who's Edmund Gray? What year is it? Who is the king? Uh, things like that to get, kind of get like a time period to place yeah. everything in. Yeah. Does he uh, look at like maybe this is maybe I'm foreshadowing or getting ahead of myself here? Does he look at like the records of who used to own this house? Because it said oh, yeah. like L M, right? L W. Yep. L W. Does he? So look? he starts looking at historical records, okay. and that's when shit gets a little wonky. So, okay. After writing to LW, Ken and his roommates left the house for a while, thinking that leaving the computer alone would be the best way to get a reply, right? Because that's what they did the first time. Yeah. They weren't yeah. there for a while. It came back. When they returned home a few hours later, there was a message waiting for them. Here's the message. "'Twas an honest farm of oak and stone. It is helpful that you should tell thee about, my, about thy time. Dost thou hath horse? Edmund Gray, brother of John Gray." lives in Kinnerton Hall. The king, of course, is Henry VIII, who is six and forty or forty-six. I know what king I know what of King James. 
Mine Charge House is a place of lore and schooling. Now, Charge House means school. It took me fucking forever to figure that out. <laughs> um, and then he signs it, LW, 28th of March, Anno, 1521. This motherfucker is writing from 400 years in the past. Now, you ask me, how is he doing that? This is a computer. We'll get to that. Holy shit. Cool. Yep. Cool. The worst part about this rep- response, though, was that a lot of the facts were wrong. So, Henry VIII, around that time, would have only been 30, not 46. Kennerton Hall wouldn't be built for another 200 years, and there's no mention of Edmund Gray or John Gray in the documents. And there's weird use of, like, modern punctuation and question marks that wouldn't be used in the 16th century. So it's starting to look more like a hoax. Okay. And then and there's no network, so it's not like it could learn. No network. So internet. somebody has to be breaking in to leave these messages. Like, that's yeah. the only way it could be a hoax. And at this point, I was like, okay, somebody's breaking in to leave these messages. So that's what they thought. They literally thought that the only way for this to be working is that somebody's breaking in and leaving the messages or somebody's squatting somewhere that we can't find in this house. Which, two horrifying thoughts, if you ask yeah. me. Oh, I'd almost that's... want there to be a ghost in the computer at that point. I'd, that'd be, that. yeah, I'd like that too. The, remember that story of that like dude or woman that was just sleeping in somebody's attic for like oh, five to yeah. seven years or whatever? Like that story terrified me. Like they're that obviously friendly and didn't do anything, out. but like they're just listening to everything. Like they... They know everything about you. That like that's so creepy. Ugh, yeah, I'd rather have a ghost in the computer. <laughs> yep. So this doesn't stop Ken though, and he kind of writes back some just like nonchalant like messages. But in the next messages, the mysterious file lever talked about how about more about the time period, the village, his personal personal life, talking about how he lost his son and wife to the plague. He talks about his daily routine of like making barley and cheese and stuff like that. He talks about how his home was made of redstone. But more importantly, he leaves his full name, Lucas Wayneman. Now, one of the issues was the house that they were living in was not made of redstone. But later when they were doing renovations, they tore up some of the ground around the garden. And under the kitchen, they found another structure made of, guess what? Redstone. Redstone. Holy shit. Yep. So... Ken took all of this information to Peter Trinder, who, after analyzing the sentence structure and information, said the notes sounded like they were coming from the middle of the 16th century. Even with some of that weird punctuation in there, like, it sounds like it's coming from the 16th century in the Cheshire area, which is exactly where the author said he was living. So, as time went on, Lucas's facts got more accurate. But the names of the people he mentioned couldn't be found in any documentation. So they couldn't find an Edmund Gray. They couldn't find a John Gray. More importantly, they couldn't find a Lucas Wayneman. But that's not... No one even had heard of Henry VIII. Exactly. (laughs) 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 But that's not, like, uncommon because the town that they lived in back then was a small, like, hamlet. So it'd be very uncommon for that kind of, uh, like, a small area to keep super specific documents of, like, people and everybody that lived there. Well, they just figured their families would live there forever and ever and ever, and there yep. didn't need to be like documentation. Just grandpa told dad, and dad told you, and you tell your kid, and you'll be forever, yeah, forever. <laughs> so eventually, Ken tells Lucas that he's writing from 1985, 
and the response he got was weird. You said your time be 1985. Me thought you were also from 2109, like your friend. So what? Lucas Wayneman has apparently been communicating with not only 1985, but 2109. In the same people that not are living in that, like, whoa. Yep. So, the, like, those people were probably living in that house in 2109. Yep. So he could have access to the internet, and maybe he's learning, and maybe that's where that weird punctuation comes in. That's what exactly. That's Holy. what I'm saying. Holy like, if, shit. You, if he's even somewhat like remote, he says he's an ill-schooled man. But even if he's somewhat remotely smart, he's going to pick up on like some of these like question marks and exclamation points. Like he did yeah. that. Like if you're asking a question, like oh, that's a must be some sort of question mark. So this is like the doctor from fucking. Uh, Captain America. Oh shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, that's a great reference. But as this was happening, more paranormal shit was happening. They were hearing footsteps walking around the house with nobody then they go check on the footsteps. Nothing there. But they'd see footprints. More things Ooh. were getting stacked around the house. And the craziest one to me Things were written in chalk along the floors and walls. Even Lucas's name. Oh, fuck no. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, you need to leave yesterday. At this point, the messages were coming in too quickly for someone to be breaking in the house and leaving files. Like, hours. Like, not even hours. They'd leave a room, come back, and there'd be a new file. Yeah. Ninjas would have to be doing this. Yeah. You'd have to be the Flash to be able to do this. Or an army of six toad babies. (laughs) In a trench coat. (laughs) That's what Josh is doing down the street. I always knew he was a weirdo. (laughs) Uh, So, Ken's curiosity got the best of him, and he left a file saying this. Calling 2109. That's the whole file. Which he receives this response. Ken. Deb. Peter. We are sorry that we can not only give you two choices. One, that you either have your predicament explained in such a way that you have instant understanding but cause what should not happen. Or two, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall, in your lifetime, change the face of history. We, 2109, must not direct your thoughts directly but give you some guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same God, whatever he or whatever it is. What the fuck? That, oh my God, that is, I don't even know what I would do in that situation. That, I mean, I would have been out of the house long before this. But But getting that response back, it's like, give me immediate understanding now. I don't care. I just want to know. I just want to know. Like, that would be my response. Like, Tell me immediate understanding. Yeah, see, that's that's me, too. Like, explain it to me, but the way you just put it is that I'm fucking everything up, and it's a super selfish choice, but I'm picking that every single time. Oh, like, explain absolutely. to me what is going on here, and if the world burns, the world burns, but I need to understand. I definitely sub- sub- subscribe to the multi-time, the, the alternate timeline theory, where, like, basically, if I choose this, it'll just branch off, and there'll be another timeline yeah. where I don't choose it, so fuck it, I'll ruin this reality. I don't care. That's actually a so, great way to think about it. I wouldn't have thought about it like that out of, <laughs> out of just my 
dumb brain and just be like, there's one world and I'm going to ruin it right now because I need to know. <laughs> so when all of this was happening, uh, Nick moved out. Their third roommate was like, fuck this. I am out of here. I'm Nick. not dealing with this anymore. Yep. Nick's always and the then... smartest of three people. <laughs> <laughs> True. Facts. And then Debbie decided to rent another place to sleep because she's like, I want to get some sleep sometimes because of the footprints and the randomly stacked things. And sometimes in sections where the house would get randomly so cold, you could see your breath and then it would go back to normal. Like obvious poltergeist shit, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So Deb was looking for answers and found that the house was built on a ley line. Now, ley lines are these theoretical thing, like basically veins of the world that have a certain energy. And a lot of like uh, known, like uh, Stonehenge, the I think like the Aztec uh, pyramids, like a bunch of weird uh, historical landmarks were built on supposed ley lines. Yeah. Well, this house was also built on supposed ley lines. And after discovering this, Deb began having vivid dreams about the past and Lucas himself, and sometimes even interacting with him. So this is when they called in the heavies. They call in Societal for Psychical Research, whose plan was to prove or debunk the phenomenon. The SPR had been investigating the paranormal since 1882, and they're still around today. So, I didn't David even know Welch, that there were like uh, organizations like that that didn't have like History Channel shows, right? That seems <laughs> like very. Like, they must like, be serious. That's the, that's yeah. what I realized. Yeah. I was like, oh, it feels yeah, it seems very like for real. These guys like, yeah, doesn't seem like a for money thing, which is good because I've yeah. never heard of them. Awesome. Uh, so David Welch and John Bucknall arrived and devised the test. They would ask. They would send ten questions to twenty one oh nine and then delete them. Ken and Deb were not allowed to know what the questions were or have access to the computer until they received a response. A few days later, they received this: David, John, David, you interfere with communication. Next time you decide to perform your little experiment, you must be clear from here. We suggest you try someone else to sit with Debbie. Yes, we are what you would call a tachyon universe but your understanding is incorrect. We ask nothing more of you than to carry on as you would prefer. We will have John present if given choice, or you may bring another as mentioned. No, it is no concern to us that this is not proved. We will give you plotting of a star next time. We move at a speed so that we cover every point in your time and universe. We have no form. We feed of heat energy that you will not have heard of. 2109. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. What they basically like, told David, "Fuck off." Yeah, fuck your little experiment, you dumbass bitch. Yeah, you're yeah, we're a tachyon universe, but you're dumb and you don't get it. John, he's cool; he can stay, or you can bring someone else. We don't give a fuck no. if you prove if you prove this or not. Uh, we're gonna give you a plotting of a star. I didn't understand this one because the question, like, they didn't give us the question, so I wasn't able to understand, like what this was and i'll get into why there's no questions recorded later uh yeah that's that pisses me off that they they didn't record the questions but like you said you'll explain it um the plotting of a star that is like that's crazy because they obviously like we're moving through space and how stars look to us all the time or like where they are always move and if you can plot a star i mean they move slowly compared to like 
our lifetimes, I guess, but if you could plot a star for, like, thousands of years, nobody should be able to do that, because nobody's lived for thousands of years. We've only been plotting stars for however many hundred. So that, I'm interested to see where that goes, if it goes anywhere else. I think it goes somewhere else, but I can't find it, so we'll get there. We'll find it. Okay. I just, like, like, that's something... There is, that makes there this is, way more real there's to me. something, I think, no, it's later they give somebody um, uh, coordinates in the universe, and it turns out to be something uh, crazy. Holy shit. Okay. So, uh, David said that they didn't answer their questions, but they referred to the questions in the correct order. So, like, they responded to the questions, but... They didn't respond to them, but they're like, they acknowledged the questions in a certain order. So it wasn't like, uh, it's it's a weird way to phrase it, but it sounds like they just didn't answer the questions, but they acknowledged that they understood the questions. Okay. That's kind of what I got. From gotcha. That. So, uh, Ken and Debbie figured that uh, that made them innocent and no hoax was being presented, but the SPR thought that they could have used like, that Ken and Debbie could have used like highly sensitive recording devices to hear the keys that were being pressed and that they could figure out from that what the investigators were typing. And if you fucking ask me that, that's crazy. That's that's nuts. Yeah. That's crazier than what's happening here. You're going <laughs> to tell me that people in a different room with a recording device are able to figure out what the click-clack of the keys are? Bullshit. Yeah, no, they all sound the same. That's what I'm saying. Maybe old keyboards were, were like... Uh, like old cell phones that gave you a tone when you pressed them, which would be annoying as hell. If you yeah, see, I, I doubt it. The only way I could think that you could do that is where you set up the recording device. Like, it'd be based on, like, decibels, so you could figure out which ones, like, were farthest away. And you, But even then, you would have to, like, calibrate that to, like, I'm just looking at my keyboard now. Like, if the recording device was set up on my left, I'd be pressing, like, the control key. And, like, the power button is on the upper right of my laptop. So, like, you know what I yeah. mean? You'd have to, like, calibrate it to that. Yeah, you'd and really have think to that figure would... it out. Yeah, I don't think there'd be anything in 1984 that could, like, record that good of audio. No. There's, I, I think just, there's something I now that could it. do that. I mean, maybe if you put the recording device directly over the top of the keyboard, that's the only way. Like... That's the only way I really see it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's they have devices now that are like, oh, they press this key, but not in 1984. Yeah, weird. So, Frank Davis, another teacher at Ken's school, who vol- he volunteered to be a witness for the study. Uh, he got, When he got to the place and the experiment was taking place, the room got very cold for about two to three minutes before returning to normal. So then they went and, uh, like, they did another experiment, and then this is when Frank Davis was around. And then they went to the kitchen to talk for a bit, and they came back, and there was a new message. So, like I said, new messages showing up within minutes, not like hours. There's no chance people are sneaking in and leaving this shit. Yeah, holy shit. This message, however, was not from 2109. It was from a man named John who claimed to be a friend of Lucas's, saying that Lucas was in jail for witchcraft and communicating with spirits. So, for a couple days, there were no new messages. Um, The whole time... Peter Trinder was trying to decipher all of the messages, and he recruited a library from Brasenose College at Oxford. Now, Lucas claimed to attend Brasenose and gave Ken a list of books to check. 
After some time, the librarian confirmed that not only did all the books exist, they were contemporary to the 1520s, meaning they would have been there when Lucas was there. Holy shit. Finally, Ken and Deb take a drastic approach. They demanded that word be taken to the sheriff to free Lucas or they would use their powers against him, which worked (laughs) somehow. Like, (laughs) John must have delivered that message, and it's like, I ain't fucking with spirits from beyond, so you're, uh, you're good to go. Holy fuck. So, Ken then... Wait, are they the spirits from beyond? Yeah. Ken and Deb are like... Yeah. In in 1520, they would be the spirits that Lucas was communicating with, quote-unquote. What the fuck? Right? So, Ken then asked Lucas if he was the one that was moving the shit around his house. Lucas said, no, but the same shit's happening to me. So they both began to suspect that the mysterious 2109 was behind all the weird poltergeist activity in their homes. 2109 warned Ken and Lucas not to give each other details about their lives, but they didn't trust 2109. Understandably. Bro, you tell me you're some sort of heat being, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm scared as shit. If you want to kill me, come back in time and kill me, pussy. So. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. I would do the same. (laughs) Fuck it. Let's go Uh, out. Let's go out big. Yeah. Lucas explained that early on, he didn't want to give his real name, and his name was actually Thomas. Luca- Thomas left clues in his notes that would reveal his real name. After the clues were put together, they figured out his name was Thomas Harwooden. Uh, so basically, his hints were like something about like where uh, Ken worked, which was like Harwooden prep school or some shit like that. So like... Okay. Yeah. Somehow the school was named after him or a relative of his. Yeah. Right? Damn, he's Harwooden. So, uh, they looked back and they found a real person that was named Thomas Harwooden at Brasenose College in the 1530s. What so they the couldn't fuck? find Lucas Wayneman because it's not a fucking real name. That was a pseudonym. Yeah. They found yeah. Thomas Harwooden from Brasenose College, where he claimed to have been from, and all the books lined up. So things are kind of falling in place. So they tried to learn as much about Thomas as they could, but 2109 was not happy. So a few days later, somehow, the computer was moved to the bathroom without anybody moving it, and a new message was scribbled in chalk on the floor. Now this message is weird. Once, one more chance. Measure frequency by two, by, Jesus. Measure frequency by plus two energy. What else other than sound and light? Ken, Deb, Peter, we have reason to believe you have Lucas Wayneman's true name. If this is correct, you must say so, so we can rectify the problem immediately before it is accepted. So they didn't respond to any of that shit. What the fuck? The more Ken and Thomas talked, Ken learned that 2109 was messing with Thomas's earlier messages, trying to obscure information to make Thomas's shit sound false. So, Henry being older than, than he would be at the time. Like, all of Edmund Gray. And oh, like yeah. Weird the punctuation. punctuation. Yeah. So, that explains the punctuation in my mind, is that 2109 was adding weird shit in to just try to, like, fucking be like, nope, this isn't real. Yeah. Changing names so you can't find those other, that other real guy people. he's talking about that's rich. Yep. Edmund Gray and John Gray. So... Meanwhile, the SPR be- fully became disinterested. They weren't able to prove they 
weren't able to prove if it was a hoax or not, but they put a message in a no, uh, local newspaper saying that if it was a hoax, the two teachers were to blame and possibly a third party. So then Ken reached out to them. They said, if you're done with it, I want all the records of the case. And they responded to him saying, there's no record of such case. Investigator John Buckdale disappeared and no one could reach him. And there was no record of anyone named David Welch in SPR ever. As far as SPR was concerned, none of this ever happened. What the fuck? That was a perfect crack on my end, by the way. Hell yeah. That was like, that was perfectly cracked. Right? This shit's, they're like, yeah. Then who the Something fuck was happened. David? That's what I'm saying. David Welch? Just never heard of. They're like, no, we don't have any record of David Welch working he, here. That's why those 10 questions aren't there. That's why there's no record of the 10 questions. He came to the house, right? Exactly. Yes. He came to the house with John Bucknall. Dude, this is like, I don't want to say like, this is like men in black shit. Right? This is, yeah, this is crazy. Like, I don't, I hope the listeners are with me. I just had to light another cigarette, and my heart is like not <laughs> racing, but just like oh, it's getting it's, it's going. Not, we're dude. not even we're not even there yet, man. Oh, Shit gets yeah. crazy still. Twenty one oh nine was aware of Ten's frustration somehow and gave him a name of someone to contact and a phone number with this message. Get this guy a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> we ask you to do the following: There is a brilliant researcher, ufologist. We know you don't like the word. His name is Gary M. Rowe. His ideas differ somewhat to yours, but nevertheless, he can help you with a couple of your problems. You may phone him at the number below and invite him to talk with you. When he comes, show him this and ask him what he makes of it. Peter must do the telephoning. Tell him that you got this telephone number from a UFO enthusiast, 2109. So Gary was skeptical, but he came anyways. And this began a series of communication between 2109 and Gary directly. Gary's process was to put a sealed letter in an envelope on top of the computer. And then when 2109 responded, the letter was printed and put in and put it put it put in an envelope without Ken reading it. This continued okay. for some time until Gary sent a letter to 2109 saying, "Greetings." I instructed to apologize, but in any event, I would have done so of my own volition. There will be a letter hopefully this weekend. I am also instructed to apologize to Ken and Debbie. I must try to answer your last letter. It would appear that you are more important than I realized in the scheme of things. Gary. So, there's somewhere in these messages, Gary became super secretive about the communication. And yeah. was like, would not give Ken or Debbie any information. So then Ken, Ken became so frustrated with Gary that he left that night, and then nobody ever heard from Gary for a long time. What the fuck? This Ken is... continued talking with Thomas, though, who explains how the computer got to his house. One night, he saw strange lights dancing in the fireplace when all of a sudden a man lit, made of light stepped out and told him not to be afraid. He left a light box with Thomas, and when Thomas spoke to the light box, his words would, would appear in glowing green letters. Now this also accounts for the weird punctuation. 
if this is some sort of futuristic device, it can add punctuation in with like artificial intelligence, machine learning, just like patterns. Yeah, he adds a weird pause that throws a comma. A comma. He asks a question. It puts a question mark in. So that, like, there's multiple things. He's learning from 2109's messages. 2109 is messing with him themselves. Or the computer's just smart enough to know his punctuation. Crazy. A semicolon feels like very futuristic punctuation to me. I still don't understand a semicolon. I think. Wait, what's the other one with the. No, semicolon is two dots. What's the other one? A colon. Okay, yeah. Now, wait, what's the dot and then like a... That's a colon. Oh, okay. I still don't understand. See, I don't understand that. Wait, no, I That's think a colon is two dots and a semicolon is dot comma. Okay, yeah. Either way, I don't understand Futuristic it. punctuation, <laughs> i tell you what. <laughs> what's this light box I'm sitting in front of right now? <laughs> On March 21st, 1985, uh, what is that? December, January, February, March. Four months after the first four months ish after the first message thomas left his last message my true fellows and sweet maid groner has said that thomas must go i know it is for the best because the people doddleston are very wary of me it is good to know that all will change and there are true men to follow like ken and peter though 400 years is a long time and there is much to happen to mankind perhaps you will come to oxford now I think there is no danger there for me, for I hear the king is very sick and all in quiet, all is quiet in the church. I shall go by boat from Cheshire to Bristol. I shall try to make my stay at Bracenose. I will write my book about my brothers and maid and the end of Lucas and our love for one another. One day you will all sit down at my table for wine and mead by the river in Oxford, where we shall read each other's books and laugh, and we shall speak of truth and good men. Watching Oxford change together forevermore in your time, my book is old, but I shall not go to my God until it is written. Then we will all be truly embraced. My love to you all. I shall await you in Oxford. Thomas Harwood. Please, for the love of God, tell me they found this book. They have not found the book yet. I'll give you that. I, that's like the one, if they find that book, because specifically of the next, the final message from 2109. There is another person to come. They will be the help that we need. You will know when they come. Thomas did eventually write his book, and he soon died shortly after. He placed it in a secure place. It shouldn't take too many years to find it, though he wrote it in Latin with the help of a friend that he met in Oxford. The inscription reads, and he writes this with a hope that my friends will find this book. Then may our lands be not so distant. We finish now. You have a lot of work to do. There's no need to write back as we will have gone. Thank you for your cooperation. 2109. Dude, that is chilling. Yep. It's oh been about... 40 years since this happened though and the book mm-hmm. still hasn't been found so that's like one piece it, where i'm like eh. or it did get found and, and like during renovate or like during renovations and land tearing up it got lost because it was buried somewhere yeah it it totally pr- could have but you would think that maybe 2109 would help 
figure out where to bury it. Like, yeah, Yeah. so it didn't. But if it was found, whoever took it somewhere, and they're like, yeah, we can't let this see the light of day. It's going to be absolute fucking anarchy if people find out that this is real. Yeah. But that seems like the type of... It would not surprise me if the SPR found it, and they're like, nope. We we love this stuff, and we like really want to bring truth to this stuff. But everybody else cannot find out about this. This is like also twenty one hundred nine contact us directly and said they'll kill all of us, like they did David Welch. Yeah, like it can't (laughs) fucking fucking David. So that's holy shit. That's haunting. Over the four months, over Thomas and twenty one hundred nine had written over three hundred messages to Ken and Debbie. I oh, when I fuck. heard that statistic, I was like, "Oh shit!" That's how I was like, "There's no shot. This is a hoax." Because like, that's so much. That's so much. I mean, that's so. Oh, I'm doing the math. You said 300. Yeah, but remember, yeah, that's it was four messages two, a day minimum. Yeah, but it was two months from the first message to the second message. So most of those oh, messages. Shit. Happened in two months. So that's... So we're doing 30... So it'd be like 2,298 in two months. Yeah, dude, that's... Holy shit. Yeah, that's a bunch. Okay. Usually this would be the point... Like, I I don't know if you're done here, but this would be the point where I'm like, okay, what is this, like, thing? And I have no theories about like i had I have no idea what this thing is that's what i felt like this whole time i was like i i personally don't think it's a hoax simply because of like the circumstances are just so weird and there's like there's so much there's so many things that like point to it just not being a hoax so uh a few le- years later is when Ke- ken wrote a book called the vertical plane Ken and Debbie then later appeared in a documentary on BBC claiming that everything that happened is real, but they didn't show their face. They didn't want to be seen, so their back was to the camera. Trinder said that almost all of the messages, or said that all of the messages would have been almost impossible to fake because he had to go through years of the Oxford English Dictionary to decipher majority of the messages, saying that if it was a hoax, the person doing it was absolutely brilliant. Holy so, shit. The one piece that could possibly, questionably debunk some of this. Dr. Laura Wright, a professor from Cambridge, explained that while a lot of it seemed accurate to the 16th century, there were verbs and phrases that were not used back then. But when she was asked if it was a hoax by someone with knowledge of early English, writing she said it would have sounded a lot better than this holy sh- yeah because they would have been right like, on school it have like, had the weird yeah. punctuation they wouldn't have had weird word in- verbiage and stuff like that yeah and this is like somebody who actually lived then that sounded i mean poor they're like not, yep. not poor but he was like well, i couldn't afford this light box thing only the king could afford this light box thing so they would talk i mean like you would uh, like like the difference between a, somebody that works like at a university in Texas and a very poor person in Texas, their southern slang is going to be way different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Yep. So, one last weird bit was in Ken's book, 2109, he said that 2109 said that Fermat's last theorem would be solved. Pierre de Fermat proposed a theorem in 1637 that was studied by mathematicians for over 300 years until 1995 when Andrew Wiles published the first successful proof of Fermat's last theorem. Now, this is a super weird and specific thing to be like and obscure be like oh yeah by the way like this is going to be solved like yeah. what a weird thing like inconsequential inconsequentially blah, 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 blah. the word i'm looking for is inconsequential i forgot it already i can't say it <laughs> inconsequential can't say it yeah there we go uh like th- it's not going to change the course of history or, or anything like that um but it's and you said it's a weird thing to prove that i'm in the future yeah and you said that he the theorem or whatever started in like the 1600. So this is like 60 to a hundred years after Thomas would probably be dead or like what yep. Thomas said he was like what yep. time so period. 2109 told them that was like, yep, this will be solved in your lifetime. And Holy it was solved shit. 10 years later. This is the crazy part. Remember when I said that they gave him coordinates for a star? Yeah. Years later, a quasar, or a supermassive black hole feeding on gas at the center of a distant galaxy, was found at those coordinates. What the fuck? Okay, that black hole's a portal. It's a portal to somewhere. I don't know where, but it's a portal. Well, they said it's going to be important to mankind. Thomas also mentioned the sheriff that arrested him for witchcraft was named Thomas Fallhurst. He misspelled it, though, and in the year 1529, there was a sheriff named Sir Thomas Fallhurst in Cheshire. What the fuck? Even though Gary Rowe disappeared for years, as recently as 2017, he was writing blog posts that claims everything is true, and he was chosen by 2109 specifically for a purpose. Here's his, one of his posts. Many people are skeptical about the events related in the Vertical Plane book. Quite rightly so, given the degree of strangeness. But I am not. I left no stone unturned and used cutting-edge science to get to the truth. In fact, I believe it was the first computer-controlled psychic event recorded in the world. I know it really happened. It changed my life forever. It is going to change yours. The book will one day be ISBN recorded under the history section. It is a monumental historical marker in the ribbon of time. Dude, this is like interstellar shit. Right? This is nuts. I, there's only one thing that even questionably debunks it. And even then it's like, okay, well, he had a futuristic computer. She's like, okay, that verbiage and punctuation would have been used. He's got a futuristic computer that's going, that's going to do everything he needs. Like, there's I, no like it. I give you saying there's only like the one little thing that could debunk it. I'm all for this. Like it can't be a hoax because whoever pulls off this hoax has to be an absolute fucking genius. They got to know about tachyon, and I believe tachyon. I looked it up. They would have to know the coordinates the of that fucking black hole when yeah. that hadn't even been discovered yet. I'm sure it can't be seen by any telescope that's like that you could just buy or even. 
like that person would have to make a telescope that's as good as like the Hubble telescope. They'd also have to be some sort of science fanatic because tachyons were only termed, like the terminology was coined in 1967. So, like, tachyons aren't even a well-known thing nowadays. Yeah. I don't even know what a fucking tachyon is. It's like a particle that always moves faster than light. And it's like one of the theoretical ways we can travel through time is by harnessing tachyons to go faster than light. Oh, okay. So, like... That's it. Almost like gray or dark matter. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. That. That is, I like that. But like he, they, whoever pulled off this hoax, say it's a hoax, wouldn't only have to be like a super science nerd. But like we already said it, or you already said it, they'd have to be an like a literature English genius as well. Yeah. There's not There's enough so time in things. a lifetime to be like <laughs> that good at both of those things. There's so many things that would have to line up for them to even be able to pull off some of these messages at all. There's the quasar. There's Fermat's last theorem. There's just pure knowledge of old English verbiage and punctuation. There's science knowledge that they have to have here. They're talking about uh, beings with no form feeding off of a energy that nobody's ever heard of that's made of heat. Like, And very what? personable knowledge about the people who are living in that house and the people who have lived in that house and in that like town throughout history. So there's history like genius on top of it. There's like yeah. zero chance that this is a hoax. I'm so, I'll give it a 1% chance that this is a hoax. I will say that there is a possibility that somebody out there could acc- accumulate all this knowledge and just decides to fuck with somebody. But the likelihood of that happening is close to zero in my mind. Like that person if, would if just you, be you a fucking st- all this knowledge Go do something better with your life, bro. What the fuck? Like, yeah. the what? F- <laughs> the first internet troll before the internet was a thing. <laughs> like, oh if there was God. somebody who was going to spend that much time and do all that just for this, like, one hoax, and, like, like I said, they'd have to have personal knowledge of uh, the people living in that house, like, they would probably just be a serial killer and, like, kill those people. It wouldn't yeah. be, they would not, like, for a fun prank, what's the point in that they're clearly a sociopath like psycho so they would if the you know if like it was a hoax if this was a real person that was doing all these things which i just don't i don't see that at all there's no way i, I don't i i don't either i i don't either i like i truly believe that this happened and it's one of those paranormal experiences that's just like well we can't <laughs> explain it and so... we're never gonna know like the full story ever so People with this knowledge like you and I and now the listeners are just going to have to randomly think about this every few months and being like, maybe life is just (laughs) meaningless nothingness. What happens in 2109? I would love to figure out that Quasar shit. Like, I, I would love if we could send some sort of shuttle to it just for the fuck of it, just to see what's going on, right? Yeah. That that probably I don't know that might be the most wild to me, right? Just mm-hmm. the plotting a coordinate within a universe and having it be something actually significant. The fucking universe is so big; they could have just given us a coordinate and it'd been absolutely nothing. Yeah, it being a supermassive black hole that's sucking on something in the center of a galaxy. That's insane to me. That's that's fucking bad shit crazy. And there's like 
I was kind of getting this early. There's no like, th- like theory I've ever heard or like certain thing I've ever heard that I could say like, oh, it kind of like goes into this. So, like, so what I'm gonna talk about here in a little bit, like, there's theories that you could be like, oh, this like subscribes to, like the Hollow Earth theory, or like was this yep. thing an alien, or was it a demon, or like whatever it was. This a I ghost. don't alien, have. Yeah. I don't. There's no anything that I could. Because if it was a ghost, then it would just be a guy communicating with him from the 1500s, like I thought it was at the beginning of this. And then we right. went down this ridiculous rabbit hole you just brought me down. And there's 21 out like there. It couldn't be that. It couldn't. I mean, alien, maybe. But yeah, even that's about, like, because they said they're like a being without form. That's the only thing that I could be like, okay, this futuristic, super advanced being somehow connected three points in time across one computer just for the fuck of it and then even if it is that that makes it real that makes it not like that makes yeah. it there's a totally real thing and there's this omnipotent like all-knowing being that did all this so i just there's, i there's no chance this is a hoax this is crazy that's why i love this so much i was like i have to talk about this like this is so crazy i need people to hear this god that's like my nerves are still fucking going, dude. Like, this is... Oh, it got me riled up thinking, yeah. like, reading it. I was like, God, I'd get chills. Okay, it's called... The YouTube channel is called The Y-Files, though. Highly recommend to anybody that's listening. Like, s- he goes through all the stuff, and then he gives, like, a really good, intriguing story, and then he'll straight up tell you at the end if it's debunked or not. So there are some things that I wanted to talk about that were just debunked in the end, and I was like, damn. I wish that one wasn't debunked. And then there are some things where I'm like, okay, that's like some of this is just kind of crazy and weird. But like he talks about, oh, one thing that I, I he's got some good U.S. history information on here as well, like MJ-12 and the P, the Paul Benowitz cover-up, which we'll get to on another U.S. holiday <laughs> where it's important I've been to a... talk about all the bullshit that we've yeah. done. I've been stacking up U.S. histories, actually, and you just maybe well, they got deleted, so now I can't think of it, but you just made me think of one U.S. history that's, it'll be like five, ten minutes we talk about it, but it made me laugh so hard. I, there's, there's some of them where it's like, oh, it wasn't done, like, the Paul Benowitz one is like true U.S. history, where it's like, okay, they didn't really fuck with the population, they just really fucked over one dude in particular like damn yeah fucked him over made him go crazy just because they're like we don't want people knowing what we're doing (laughs) that was it i guess um anything else on this donaldson mystery i I got nothing if if anybody is listening is like yo this is why it's debunked fucking hit me up i would love to hear it Simply yeah. because I almost don't want this to be real, but at the same time I do. So, like, if you can think of ways that it's debunked that let other know. doctors can't, I mean, yeah. let us know. What's I'm our always email again? Uh, oh, man, what is it? I was going to say just DM us at DirtyBeer30 on Twitter, but I know we have an email. Uh, uh, Beer30pod at gmail.com. Okay, yeah. So, if you want to debunk the Donaldson mystery for us, absolutely hit us up. Uh Beer30pod at gmail. Absolutely. 
That was that was intense. I was gonna. I totally kind of forgot to say this at the beginning. I was gonna bring it up, but I've been obviously just like you have prepping for beer thirty, but not even like just the things I'm like going to talk about. I got into such like a deep rabbit hole of like the JFK conspiracy, <laughs> and then I've been watching that Dahmer show on oh, uh, I need Netflix. To watch that. I saw I saw Miggy post about it and I need to watch that cuz that Well, was I weird. I get what Miggy was saying. So far to me that's been like the worst episode. I mean, it's definitely I don't know. It's just like It just sounds like just, they highlight actually all the horrible shitty things he did and they don't make it like the Yeah. Zac Efron Dahmer Yeah, Ted movie. Bundy. Yeah, or, Ted yeah, Bundy no, that movie. was Yeah, that was trash. Um it's just like Evan Peters does a really good job at playing Dahmer. And then, like, they hit on a lot of things that I feel like people, unlike myself, that know far too much about Jeffrey Dahmer, like, need to know. I feel like nobody really knew that he was, like, hammered fucking drunk always when he was doing this. And how he, like, didn't like to kill. He just wanted, like, total control over, like, something. Or, like, just their bodies. He never liked killing. Um, There's just good stuff on that. And the episode that Miggy was talking about was good. And it did, like, make me tear up a little bit, but it's just, like, really honing in on one of his victims when he had, like, 17 of them. So, like, I don't know. It, it does help the story along, but it was, like, I they're all the victims' stories are sad. And this guy was deaf, so, like, it, it most uh, of the episode was, like, completely silent, and they're, like, doing sign language and it's uh, subtitles and stuff. So, like, I think that adds maybe to, like, the creepiness of it or, like, maybe the emotion of it, which is probably why they picked him out to do, like, a single episode about a single person that he killed. But, yeah. anyway, so I, I've been watching that. I did the JFK conspiracy theory. I've been, uh, I got into the Menendez brothers. I got into uh, the Yorkshire Ripper like going back and listening to podcasts and when i listen to podcasts about stuff like this i always like do background research to like add to it because as we know doing a podcast it's hard to fit everything in and my brain is already becoming absolute mush over the last like two weeks to get ready for this (laughs) october shit (laughs) by the end of this month man i am going to be a just just a wreck of a human being that's what always mashed potatoes after october we need a break because it's like okay well we, too much yeah. too much has gone into my brain and i don't like most yeah of it. i think i mean i i don't have a i was thinking about doing Dahmer this year but then obviously that show came out and it's like well i'm not gonna be able to give people anything more than that show is gonna give them i mean it's 10 episode series they hit everything and it's really good so i don't really have like a serial killer in mind i'm kind of liking what we're going with so far a mystery and then i got a cryptid so it might be oh, i got I got a bunch of paranormal shit. If we, I, I yeah. can do Rendlesham Forest. We can go into Skinwalker Ranch if we want to get crazy for five episodes. Like, <laughs> yeah, we might have to talk I, yeah. about maybe recording. I might do Rendlesham twice Forest a week. This, I think Rendlesham Forest would be a good one. Yeah, and I got an like, exorcism, also Iowa based. Oh, yes, uh, that actually it actually inspired the book, The Exorcist, and then the movie The Exorcist is actually in Iowa, and it is. A crazy fucking thing to read about. Um, yeah. Anyway, holy shit, Donaldson mystery. Good fucking first 
October, Luke. Love that. Right? I, you know, I read it. I watched it the first time. I was like, ah, this isn't going to be like a crazy way to start it. And then I read, watched it again. I was like, oh, this is going to be a crazy way to start it. Like, th- <laughs> like no, no way to debunk it is what what got me the most. Yeah, and it also helps not starting out with like a brutal serial killer. That's like, like say we just start out with John Wayne Gacy in the first October yep. episode. <laughs> you hear is just about raping little boys and like killing them. Like, we can't just start off like that. We just can't do that. <laughs> yeah i thought this was a great way like i love paranormal shit so much oh yeah dude stuff like that that was chef's kiss that was perfect way to start october all right all right um, the van meter visitor the van meter visitor for all of you non-iowa listeners or non-central iowa listeners van meter is like i said earlier about 30 45 minutes west of des moines the biggest thing that they have I've visited it before, maybe some people out there have as well. Uh, Bob Feller, the Hall of Fame pitcher, is from Van Meter, Iowa. If you want to go see the Bob Feller Hall of Fame Museum, it is in Van Meter, Iowa. I've been there. He's got like Babe Ruth's baseball bat and like a Jackie Robinson sign, like ball and stuff. A lot of cool shit in there. I met Bob Feller himself. He's an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> that is. I guess was an asshole. He died. Um, That's a story for a different time. <laughs> that Not creepy enough. It's just a little background on Van Meter, Iowa. So we're going all the way back to September 27th, 1903, Van Meter, Iowa. It's a town. Van Meter is about 1,000 people now. At the time, it was about 400 people, which actually, like thinking about it, that seems like a like one of the biggest towns in Iowa, maybe at the time, like 400 in 1903, seems like a lot. That does seem like a lot. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I'm gonna have you look up a picture of the yeah, Van Meter visitor here in a sec, or I guess just look it up now. And if you're anyone out there listening, also look it up just so you can visualize. Yo, what? Yeah. So it what was reported fuck? by dozens of witnesses over a five night period from September 27th. 1903 to October 3rd. Or, yeah. Okay, I got to start this off. This looks like a Scooby-Doo villain. Like, <laughs> it does. It really, like it's this, so does. This is, what was that Scoob? What was the villain in Scooby-Doo that like tried to escape from prison? It was. I think it's just uh, a pterodactyl. Yeah. Oh God, this is that's immediately what I thought of. I was like, that's great, funny, the pterodactyls yeah. fucking with Van Meter. Are you looking at that like uh, black and white drawing? Yeah, there's uh, a few black and white drawings. So there's one where yeah. he's got like wings that go arch over his head, and then there's one where he's got like he's hunched over with a giant spike coming out of his back and laser beam out of his yep. forehead. Yep. All right, perfect. Yeah, you're looking at the right one. Okay. So the van meter, the van meter visitor. Festival for this motherfucker. Yeah, dude, I want to go next year. Um, we have to go. I'm putting absolutely. I'm putting a reminder in my phone. It's what late September. Well, they started September. Yeah, it was September 27th this year, which is the day they it was first seen. I think that's I'm just because it was it. on a weekend. I think whatever. Yeah, around that around this time they sep- always do it. The early September, which is actually that's great. Right. I didn't even think about this. It is October 3rd, and the last time this thing was seen was October 3rd, 1903. Oh, we so, did it on purpose, folks. <laughs> totally on purpose. It was <laughs> reported by dozens of witnesses as roughly an eight foot tall half man half winged beast had a horn 
that comes out of its forehead and at the tip that shot out a blinding and disorienting white light. I also saw some people said it shot lightning out of it, but any of the stories I saw was just like like a spotlight right into your face. Like if you were staring at like one of those movie spotlights. Yeah, if, like it's, in dark, just if like, it's dark out and it get, you get that yeah. beam in your face, you're definitely disoriented. Yeah. So, September 27th, 1903, uh, the first event, the first time it's seen, uh, takes place in downtown, right in the heart of the city. Uh, I guess in the business district. Uh, a man by the name of U.G. Griffith was the first person uh, to see it. Initially, he thought a spotlight was moving around on a rooftop, and he was asleep in his apartment. I'm guessing like above businesses in the uh, business district is what it sounded like to me. Spotlight moving around on a rooftop and woke up and annoyed ready to confront whoever was behind it, thinking it's kids or whatever. Somebody got their hands on, like, a spotlight and run around town, shining it in people's uh, windows. And he's like, you're not going to ruin my fucking sleep. I'm going to go out there. When he approached the only thing that I enjoy in my life, I swear (laughs) to God. I got to wake up at 5 a.m. It's 1903. Everything sucks. I'm so hungry. (laughs) You know they have cell phones in the future? (laughs) You guys hear about the Donaldson mystery? (laughs) <laughs> It'll happen in 80, 81 years. Um, when he approached the source of the light, something huge jumped all the way across Main Street from rooftop to rooftop. He had never seen anything move at the speed that it moved at. And it just completely disappeared into the night. Thinking, like, he, I don't, I don't think he thought he was crazy. Like, he was like, I just saw that. But I'm not sure if he went and told anybody about it because the very next night, around the same time, it's about one uh, one in the morning. Every time this thing is seen is about one in the morning. Um, the very next night, around one o'clock, Dr. Alcott, the only doctor in the town, uh, was fast asleep in a room above his office. Like Griffith, he was also woken by a bright light shining into his window. And also, like Griffith, he was rushed out to confront whoever was shining the light. The difference was this doctor, I don't know if he's an asshole or a smart guy, just depending on how this situation would have turned out, brought his six-shooter revolver out with him. The only way to do it, right? Yeah. Gun in hand, he was shocked to discover that what is now known as the Van Meter Visitor, which he was the one to describe described it as a humanoid with bat-like wings there, uh, and a blinding light that came from a blunt horn on the creature's forehead. So it's not like a unicorn. It's more like kind of a boner popping out of this thing's head. It's like rounded off. Uh, thanks. Hate it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish my dick could shine a light like that. That'd be awesome. But you know when you like, <laughs> you know you put like a, like a flashlight up to like kind of a, like Your a ball that's hands. like a little... Or like your hands, yeah, dude. Imagine you're having sex with a girl. You could just light it up, and she lights up like that. Be cool. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he obviously saw this fucking eight foot tall monster and fired five of the six shots in his revolver. He thought the first couple missed, 
but then he clearly saw his last two or three bullets hit this creature, and it was completely unfazed. I hate that. So it's it's hide has got to be so thick that it like bullets are impenetrable to it. Um. After, uh, like after he noticed that bullets weren't affecting this thing, he definitely just ran back into his fucking house. It was just yeah, no, fuck that. Barricaded yeah, no. it down and like just sat there. You said there's he a used lot five of, out of the six. There, well, but, what you're about to say is what a lot of people are, uh, like have. I can't think of the word, but like thought was he fired five because he ran back inside and thought that thing was coming and was just going to blow his own fucking head off. Save in the sixth. Yeah, (laughs) just just going to eat that bullet and not get torn apart by this fucking eight-foot-tall Batman. Yeah, no. If that happened to me, I definitely would have been like, one, two, three, four, five, and I saw the last (laughs) few hit. I'd be like, all right, six. (laughs) That's it for me. The very next night, so now we're on September 29th. I guess 30th, because it's probably 1 in the morning. Once again, the Van Meter Visitor made its his nightly rounds, this time shining on uh, onto a watchful Clarence Dunn. By this time, after those two encounters, rumors going throughout this 400-person uh, town, everybody's talking about it and how these two people saw it, and everybody's skipped, like, trying to figure out what it is, or, like, they... You know, I heard it was 20 feet tall. I Like, it just gave a banana phone. And Clarence Dunn, the the town badass, let's say, thought that it was just a bunch of um, <laughs> clever robbers so that they were going to put together this whole monster thing and get everyone out of their homes in the middle of the night so they could go around and just rob everybody, which... Weird. Man, does that sound like a Midwestern white Republican? It's not a monster. <laughs> it's people trying to take my shit. It's the blacks. That's what said back then. Let's be real. Let's be honest. They, they, they were probably being super duper racist. About oh yeah, it. this guy thought definitely was just like no, it's it's just a black. It's nineteen oh three. Like that's uh, yeah. absolutely what they're oh. thinking. They oh, yeah. they say robbers in quotes to be politically correct, like most Republicans do. But we know what they mean. <laughs> so what he did, well, they, they thought, get everybody out of their homes, and then they were going to break into the bank to the town vault, because at this time, all the town's money would just be in the town vault. They don't have credit cards. They don't have like anything like that. That's literally where everyone's money is at that's not in their own homes. So he posts up inside the bank, and watched all night. He brought his shotgun to keep him company, even though it's already oh, yeah. been made aware it's bulletproof. It's bulletproof. So I mean, and hey. you're using a revolver versus a shotgun. A revolver. If a revolver's not going to penetrate its skin, a shotgun definitely won't. He brought buckshot, I guess. Unless, but I okay, I guess like if you're point blank, it might. But yeah, yeah, uh, and buckshot. Not a lot of difference there. Buckshot's a dumb way to go. It's going to, you know, like, Buckshot fires a bunch of little pellets instead of, like, a revolver that's just one bullet. If you're going to bring anything with a shotgun, bring a slug and blow a hole. Oh, that's okay. Thing. I was thinking of a slug. I, yeah. I don't know much about ammunition. Yeah, Buckshot is, like, what you'd shoot, like, white trap spread, with. right? Yeah, it just spreads. Uh, yeah. Okay, Buckshot's widespread. Slug is, like, 
closer. Yeah, like firing a tiny okay. missile through something, almost. Lit. Um, so he's at the bank, and the visitor decides to give him a visit. Uh, although he still believed it was burglars and didn't believe that it was bulletproof, the Van Meter visitor confronted him. Uh, this time, Dunn said that he heard a strangling noise outside uh, and that pushed him to investigate. And there's not a light shining in the window like everybody else. He just heard a strangling noise. Yikes. Almost instantaneously what? as he moved to open the door, he was hit in close-range face through the window with the blinding light of the Van Meter visitor. When the light briefly uh, let up, uh, he did an interview, and he said some kind of great from behind, some kind of, it just says some kind of great from behind the light. So I'm thinking, like, he means the thing itself is great. It's huge. Like, he, yeah. the light lets up for a second. He can finally see the thing. Instinctively fired his shotgun at the mysterious being right through the bank's front window. So it just shatters the whole thing. And just like the Dr. Alcott shooting it the night before had no effect on it. And the visitor just kind of moseyed on out into the darkness. Not affected by it. Not attacking him or anything. Just just left. Alright, I gotta look up when bulletproof shit was built. He was... I gotta, uh, I gotta know, because like, there's, no, there's no chance, like... Because you think I'm it's just trying you, to, yeah. You think it's like, an it army of six toed else. Yeah, it's Josh's army of six toed monsters <laughs> in a big trench coat wearing uh, <laughs> ballistic gear. Can you hear my dog barking? Uh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Give me one sec. If you could pause this, I'm gonna. He's barking at the fucking neighbor dog right behind him. So I looked it up. 1500s Italian and Roman royalty experimented with the idea of bulletproof vests. Uh, but it was just ineffective. 1800s, the Japanese developed a body armor made from silk, but it was super expensive. And then after 1900, uh, after uh, President William McKinley was assassinated in 1901, uh, the U.S. military also explored it. So unless this is somebody with super classified art, like military grade. Uh, and even then, armor. you said 1901. They looked into it. That doesn't mean they. That's even what I'm saying. Come close to perfecting it. 1915 is the first time that the British Army designed uh, a shield that would be uh, good for like bulletproof vests, basically. So 1915 yeah. is the first time. So this, like, what, what I'm saying here is, there's no shot. This was just somebody in a fucking costume with like. It's a crazy yeah. thought process, but also it's like, okay, well, like we said before, we got to yeah. weed out any debunking. Yeah. There's, I mean, this is, yeah, like you kind of start off with, this isn't fucking Scooby-Doo right here. This is not somebody in a suit this, or this multiple people in a suit. This is a monster with yeah. a lighting, lit up, light up horn. So he runs back into the bank, boards it up because he just shot through the front window, boards it up and stays there for the night. Uh, the next morning, he saw several sets of giant three-toed footprints outside of the bank, which were made into plaster casts. So somebody made plaster casts of those. Oh, like big footprint shit. Like you see yeah. a footprint, you pour some plaster in it, you let it dry, pull it out. Yeah. yeah. 
those plaster casts have never been found. Or at least no. they were lost somewhere along the line, and nobody knows oh, where they are. Fuck. More sightings were reported throughout the next three days. This includes O.V. White, the owner of a local hardware store, who saw the monster asleep on a telephone pole and also tried to shoot it. These people are just not believing the thing is fucking bulletproof. But I, also, it's you know 1903. They could, They're just trying to shoot something. Yeah, they could think it's bulletproof. Be like, "Fuck it, this is the only thing I got." Like that's it. Like it maybe it will be bulletproof to my weapon. Like that. Like in my mind, I'd be shooting it too, probably, just because it's like, "Well, this is this is the only thing that I got to even try to protect." Yeah, like bears and moose. If you shoot it with something, it just kind of aggravates them. But if a moose or a bear is like near me or like about to attack me, and I have a gun, I'm still gonna shoot at it. it. I know it's not gonna like, I know yeah, it's not gonna I do anything, but I gotta try. Yeah. Uh. So, this is where it gets. There's another uh. Wrinkle in like what this thing does or how it operates. Uh, tried to shoot it. So it was asleep on the telephone pole. In this time, instead of using the light to disorient its attacker, the Van Meter visitor used what can only be described as a terrible memory erasing smell. What the fuck? It emits a smell that disorients you as well, and this guy doesn't remember the rest of the night after smelling this smell. I hate that. But he, it sounds like the smell knocked him out. So it's like, yeah, dude, that's how you don't remember anything because you just fell asleep. So nothing happened. So just but, noxious gas. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I don't think memory erasing is like the right terminology, but the I just right see term. like a lot of, like a lot of the articles I've read has said memory erasing. It's like, no, it just knocks you out. Like it's a, like, yeah, noxious gas, like you said. Yeah, unless anybody else has like event like records of events with that dude that night, he just fucking got knocked out. Like, yeah, that's all that is. Yeah. Um, White's neighbor Sidney Gregg also saw the creature at the same time dismount the pole after it had knocked him out with this gas, and then fly through town, apparently heading towards the old coal mine on the outskirts of town. Um. So fed up after these three to five days of the town being terrorized. I mean, the whole town is uh, in a panic, dude. Like, they have no idea what yeah, this is. I it's... fucking understand that <laughs> fully. It's a town of 400 people. They all know the story. They all keep hearing the sightings. Yeah, I, like, it's not, to me, it, it's not people, like, collaborating. Be like, oh, we're just going to make up this story and, like, keep it going and, like, terrorize the town. So they go... Uh, a bunch of people robbers. from the town head toward the mines. Yeah, they're the robbers, actually, coming up with this story. That'd be <laughs> funny. That'd be funny if in the end it was just like, no, it was just these few guys, and they robbed the vault, and we're never seen again. Uh, so they all head towards the mines, where Sydney had just said that she saw the creature heading to. By this time, strange noises were being reported from coming, uh, reported coming from that abandoned coal mine. So they all go uh, to this coal mine. Uh, the strange noises that were being reported coming from this coal mine, a local described them, uh, described the sounds as though Satan and a regiment of a regiment of imps were coming forth for a battle. 
I really fucking hate that a lot. It, the the imagery to me there just makes me think of like orcs in Lord of the Rings, like yep. when they're building. But imagine their army. them flying, and <laughs> and they're seven foot pterodactyl monsters. Yeah, no, like imps are like small flying demon beasts. Oh yeah, 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 good... yep. Yeah, I can't think of a good reference, uh, but that's yeah, small no, flying get, demon beasts. Yeah, I get what you're saying, like the. Uh, like the fairies in Harry Potter, where they're like kind of yep. assholes. Yeah. Um, but with like when the men got to the mines, they found the Van Meter visitor was not alone. Instead, it was accompanied by a second, smaller creature that looked just like it. I mean, I think when they say smaller, it's like eight feet, and this thing's like five or six feet. Fuck. Don't know if it was its mate or its offspring, but it was. There was a second creature. And that creature was spotted emerging from the mine and then taking off into the night when they all, before, like, the mine's in the distance for them. And they see it crawl out and fly into the night, along with the eight-foot one that they've already seen before. So they God, both that sounds fled. terrible. So all the men Remember decided... That thing that's bulletproof, that's shining a bright light? <laughs> now there's two of them. That, that emits a... a fart that knocks you out it's so bad um the men decided to wait and see if the creatures returned, and they eventually did the crowd eventually opened fire on the creatures again not believing that it's bulletproof and once again despite the despite the increased numbers and firepower they were still shocked when the creatures were completely immune to the firepower i mean they're just bulletproof they nothing like in this world, at, in 1903, is penetrating this thing's skin. Maybe an RPG is going to hurt this thing, but regular bullets are do nothing. Ah, unsure of what to do next. You don't want to fuck with. Yeah, unsure of what to do next or how to handle these creatures that could not be brought down, they decided to simply brick up the abandoned the abandoned mines to ensure that those things could never see the light of day again. Okay, that's like the one good thing they've done, I think, this whole story. (laughs) And the fan meter visitor visitors were never seen again. Is the mine still bricked up? I would imagine that it is, and I would imagine that's something that you could see at the Van Meter Visitor Festival in Van Meter, Iowa, held Um, once a year around this time. We go. I'm I'm breaking down that wall. <laughs> Let's just. I'll see you in hell, and Luke just breaks down. The wall. I gotta know, man. Dude, I, I know. Like, honestly, how has curiosity not piqued somebody's interest? Just a fucking. Let me just pop a little hole in the wall. Just why not? <laughs> just take out one Luke. brick. Let me play some Jenga with this bitch. Get that the- one brick out. See if it falls. If it falls, uh oh. Oops. visitors back. Come on, we got I phones now. Get a picture. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh maybe like bulldoze the mine or like build it in, you know. Boo. But that leaves the question of where did the van meter visitor come from? Could hell. that abandoned mine be a portal to hell? That Could that abandoned lit. mine be a portal to Hollow Earth? Where there are lizard-like encrypted creatures living in the supposed hollow earth theory. 
Or I did they was there the a second way out of that mine that they found their way out and just moved on somewhere else? Or they found a second way out and moved on to somewhere else, meaning that they went back to space because it's aliens? Or did they just... Were they some sort of creature that we don't even know exists anymore that somehow survived a mass extinction extinction event and lived forever and then when they boarded that up those are the last two of the kind that died i want hollow earth i i like the portal to hell personally that's i think portal the most terrifying one yeah for sure hollow yeah. earth please i love the thought like hollow earth theory is awesome in my opinion i love it no, it's, it's cool. cool. It's also a scary thing. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. The other thing about this, which I just find not funny, but just like, man, those, that's definitely like the times that they were in, like 1903. This creature never harmed anyone or anything. It defended Shined itself. a bright light. Yeah. It was, I mean, I'm guessing it was hunting for... Obviously not human beings with that light Otherwise, or whatever the fuck it eats, but it only ever defended itself. This is 1903. They don't have like street lights or nothing. This thing was kind of helping out. Yeah, that's a good point. Cleaning up <laughs> the wildlife around the area. Yeah. I just like I just find it. Yeah. Like I said, funny that they, it didn't really do anything. They all just saw like. A horrible monster, which we I think we would all do, try to kill it. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be shooting. Like I said, I, I know if I even if I know a gun's not going to work, I'm still shooting it. Yeah, like, you got to do something. I, I I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to just die. I'm not just going to be like, all right, kill me. It's like, I'm going to at least try to shoot it, right? Yeah, that's ooh, I like that a lot. We gotta visit this. We gotta yeah. see this next year. It was. It looks in, like I put in a reminder on my phone specifically just so yeah. you can see this. Just like September fourteenth or something. Be like September third. Nice. Put hell in yeah. Literally September third, so we can plan. Hell yeah! I'm so down for that. It looks like a walking tour of like the town, and then, uh, you know, like there's food and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah, that is the oh. Van Meter Visitor. I love Which, that sick name. Also, it, it yeah, really good. Uh, so open ended, yeah, like open ended. There's no like, it could have been like the Van Meter pterodactyl or like the Iowa pterodactyl, or like call it something else. But the like visitor leaves it so open for interpretation. I feel like if it had a specific name, like I just said, up my I'd be not closed mind about it, but I would be like, oh yeah, it's a pterodactyl, or oh yeah, it's a gargoyle, or whatever. The hell it is. Visitor. It could be anything. Fuck. I love that. Oh, man. I'm actually really pumped to go see this now. <laughs> I think this I is know. Dude, I was pit, like, I just, this I was doing the research. I, yeah, that'll be, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I was doing the research, and then I saw that there was a festival, and I was like, oh, it, like, visited around this time that we're in right now. It's gotta be, like, coming up, or it's it's got to be soon. I was like, I was honestly like, maybe it's this weekend, dude. That'd be so awesome if it was this weekend. But it was like two weekends ago. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> really. Sucks. I guess it was 
last weekend. I guess it was Monday, but yeah, it was the 27th. All right. Anything else on the Van Meter Visitor? No, that is that is the story of the Van Meter Visitor. Okay. Well, this has been October 30. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you have us follow on Twitter at DirtyBeer30. Like and retweet everything we post. Make sure to follow us on Spotify. Give us a rating. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and review. And, you know, uh, listen to Six Pack Sports. It's lit. <laughs> I will try and do better. <laughs> <laughs> got screwed last weekend. Wish you were beer. <laughs>